Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hello, welcome to Let's Talk About Brand. I'm your host, Christine Gritman, and I'm coming at you every single week with a different guest expert interview all about branding, especially personal branding. If you're listening to us here on the Adweek Podcast Network, welcome, welcome. We drop new episodes every single Monday, so make sure to subscribe and please leave a review if you like it. And welcome to you also if you're joining us for the Friday YouTube drop. The video podcasts of every single episode go up on YouTube on Friday once again subscribe, leave some comments. We'd love to hear from you. All right. So today we are talking about something we actually haven't really discussed in three seasons of this show, which is how does your brand move and sound? Motion is something we haven't even touched, which is especially shocking because I am, as you may know, the GIF queen. So we're going to talk all all about um, motion and sound and all sorts of other nonverbal cues, such as color psychology, all of that, with today's special guest, who is David O'Hearns of Dawn Creative over in the UK. And he does a lot of branding work with companies, but also specifically, you know, videos and audio and things of that nature. So we are going to bring him on without without any further ado and get into it. Hello, David. Welcome. Hello. Thanks, <laughs> Thanks for having us on the on the show as well, Christine. We, we like making you feel welcome here. <laughs> yeah, I, know that was, I didn't know there was an audience. <laughs> oh, yeah. All right. So first, we're going to jump right into what you do when you work with companies on their branding. And then we'll get into the details of that. But just the basics, how do you work with brands on their branding over at Dawn? I think the first thing, Christine, is just to establish where they're at in their journey. So there's essentially three areas, just at a top level. You've obviously got companies that don't have any identity. So it's a, it's a new company or they're creating a new product brand. So it's a start from scratch. You may have companies that already exist been trading 5, 10, 15 years. Maybe the brand now isn't where it should be, so it needs reinventing and repositioning. Or you've also got brands that are well-established and we're actually just wanting to understand their brand. So if we do any work for them, we make sure that it's delivered in the right way. All right. And then when you get, when we're talking about today's topic, which is how a brand moves and sounds, how do you bring that into their branding? Because I would imagine a lot of companies come in and they think of marketing and branding as being, you know, our, our logo, our color palette, things of that nature. And while you do come from the graphic design world, you go a lot farther and into multimedia work. So I'd love to hear from you how you incorporate multimedia work into that, that branding. No, great. Well, one of the first slides we'll ever present to anybody is basically says, uh, what is a brand 
And then we say, it's not your logo. It's everything you do. It's a promise kept. And the idea there is the word brand, unfortunately, over the years has just been associated with what you've just said, colors, logo, some typography. Um, and that's not what a brand is. A brand is absolutely everything a company does. It's the values that it stands for. It's its overall purpose as to why it exists. So we need to establish that first. But then once we've done that, there are core elements that create a visual identity. And the ones that are most looked after or most cared for is obviously a logo creation, color palette creation, typography, tone of voice, some graphical devices. You may have photography or imagery style, or you might choose to go down a route of illustration. But the two things that still even now um, that are overlooked are movement and sound. So we highlight that very early on in any conversation we're having with people to get them to understand that movement and sound is absolutely everywhere. You only have to go on any social channel that you go on, whether that be um, a Twitter platform, Facebook, TikTok, whether it's YouTube, it's all animated content and video content. So it ultimately means any company on the planet now can make some movement and make some sound, but not many are doing it. And it's not for the elite brands anymore, you know, long gone are the days where you could only do that on TV. You have the opportunity to do that everywhere in your marketing comms. So it needs to be thought of as much as color and as much as type and how people obsess over a logo. Movement and sound need to be thought about at the very start, not just commissioned when you come to do a video or a social post. Yeah, I was going to say the way when you say video and sound, the mind immediately goes to videos. But as you said, it goes beyond that. So what are some forms of content that do go beyond that that you tend to work on with your clients? So at a very basic level, you know, depending on people's kind of ambitions and budget, every company has the ability to have at least their logo animated at some point. Now, you might say it's an irrelevant, but if you do a nice animation that's also on brand and, and works with your values, the animation is actually thought through, that can be the end plate for any piece of content you do. So whether that's a graphical social post, whether it's a, a video, i.e. talking to camera video, um, or it's an interview type video, or it's something that's an educational piece video, you can end it with your logo. Very much like all the major brands do on a TV advert. It's the final sign off to prove that that was us. And it normally comes with a bit of movement and maybe a jingle or a sound. And it's often the jingle and sound that is the thing that sticks in our head for the rest of the day. It transfers into radio, transfers into other media, and it becomes something instantly recognizable. And we live in a world where sound can be played at any point in time now. You know, we're not in a world of printed literature. So those two things can be considered just in a logo sting, but then just transferring graphical content and type-based content on a social post. If you're doing a story um, on, a, on a social media platform, you need to consider how you move from one frame to the other. What is the overall tempo of that content? And again, that, that tempo should be considered right at the start. The difference between a construction firm and a software firm, the movement of those two should be quite different. It would be very deliberate in a construction world where it's kind of a slower tempo and a, and a hard beat and the type and the music should match that. In a software environment, it might be way more slick and a bit faster paced, like an Apple type video. So there's to think differences and you need to consider that in the movement and sound, not just the rest of the visual identity. Yeah, that was one of the most fascinating things from our uh, pre-show discussion that you mentioned, the idea of knowing the tempo 
at which your brand moves, both in terms of the motion and in terms of the music. So I'd love to dig into that a little bit and how you define that. Are there are there psychological studies that you you go into that talk about, you know, proximity to heartbeat? You know, how do you define and figure out what works as the tempo at which a brand moves? So in in brand workshops is a couple of exercises we'll do, and I'll just paint a few before I talk about the, the motion one in particular. But um, if we're trying to speak to a company that exists already, well, any company actually, but if they about to start up or they already exist, but they need to change the brand or they need to create a brand, we need to understand where they're positioned in the marketplace. And at a very basic level, that, that might mean, are you cheap, middle of the road, expensive, for example? And with, with that, there is a visual style that we all expect in the world to see. So we use either supermarket brands in the UK or we use car brands to say to people, if your company in the future was to kind of be similar to a particular car brand, where would it be positioned? You know, is it Rolls Royce? Is it Audi, BMW? Or is it lower range than that? So we do exercises like that. Then we do other ones with celebrities and fictional characters to try and tease out personality and values and attributes. And when it gets to sound and movement, we actually use uh, postcards of different animals and species on the planet. So the idea there is it's just about trying to get creativity out of people and align people in a room. So if someone starts saying, oh, I think we move a little bit more like a dolphin, it might sound a bit odd at first, but when you start to think it through, there's a rhythm to the way that the dolphin moves. It's got a playfulness and a, and a fun element to it. So you can start to reflect that in the tempo that you start to produce some video at, and it'll also determine how your type might move or how your graphics might move. And so you can just think, well, okay, well, now we're getting closer to a tempo rather than not even having any concept of how fast or slow we should move and just commissioning a video. Because a video company won't ask those questions and they'll produce something that might be nice and we all like it. But then six months down the line, another video company will produce something else that's different. And you wouldn't allow your color to change from one month to the next. So you don't really want your tempo and your sound to be changing. You want that to be consistent because people like consistency uh, in the in the brand world, in life, in you know, full stop, essentially. I'm sure that thing about what type of animal does your brand move like must be <laughs> you must hit a bit of resistance there. I'm sure with some with some of these uh, corporate types, but it's yeah. really fascinating get them to, getting them to just think out of the box like that. Now, do you put that in the brand style guide? How do you really? qualify or even quantify something like how the brand moves in a style guide so an another thing that we've, we're massively encouraging at the moment um for, for our own clients and, and new clients that we work with is to move away from guidelines that are sat in a pdf on a server because one most people don't look at them still um is two or three clicks away from being being able to be used you've got to have access to the server so we encourage that when, you, when your brand has been produced, approved, and we go through the guideline phase, that all guidelines are produced within the browser instead. So they're accessible globally, they're accessible from home or at work, obviously with the, the pandemic that they will come out of. You need things to be accessible. The beauty of your, your identity being held in the browser also means that you can display how the brand actually moves and how it sounds because in a PDF or another document, it's completely trapped. So you can't show it. Whereas here, you can actually produce examples of this is how a social post could look. This is how a video could look. This is how we expect the logo to move at the end of a video. So you can build up a library 
of assets. Same with like, these are the colors we use. These are the typefaces we use. You can build up the same amount of assets within your guidelines, but it means they're accessible and they play instantly within the browser. So anyone then being commissioned further down the line to produce a video or a social post has something to follow. And then we can document what is a typical tempo, you know, what is the kind of the rhythm and the beat that we want to have within any given piece of work. And we'd expect people that take the brand away from us and move it forward to follow some of those basic rules. So there's a general consistency. Now, as you mentioned before, I mean, when we think of motion and sound, we think of videos and you pointed out that it's good to have that sort of sting at the end with the logo. You can use that on its own. You could use it in all sorts of other places. What are some other places you found for motion or sound or both or just individually um, when creating branded content for people? I mean, it, you can have it literally everywhere, isn't it? If you, if you want it to be, um, you know, without it being overkill, um, every social channel is pushing towards video-based content or animated content. So as I say, it could be something as, as basic as a really small, short social post. But again, it should come with a certain rhythm, certain pace, and a certain sound. Um, it could be actual recorded video content that you've gone out and filmed something, so it may be more storytelling. So that in itself can still have a pace from one transition to the next, how you go about filming it, you know, what the kind of execution and delivery of, of that video footage is. And that, that can be added to, if needed, with graphical devices. You know, If you're interviewing someone and their name comes into the, the bottom, with the title of the job, it can't just slide in any you know, like a PowerPoint presentation just left to right. You know, if you think about um, TV channels, obviously the BBC in the UK, it has a way that the, the the clock in the corner folds in and out of itself. You know, the World Cup is currently on at the moment. The score in the top corner animates and folds in a certain way. So any graphical device over the top of your video, any graphical device within a social post any logo sting at the end, it should all be singing from the same hymn sheet. It should, should have a certain quality to it, just like you'd expect the rest of your visual identity to. Now, to that end, and getting into the topic of, you know, what animal is your brand and things of that nature, what are some basic things that you see that go together in terms of branding characteristics with how they should move, with how they should sound, with the colors they should use. Do you have any examples of, of sort of clusters like that that you have sort of a shorthand of? Yeah, so I think what we try and get across to people and, and, and what our team is, is, is keen on is it's not as complicated or as it shouldn't be made as overcomplicated as people make it. If you think we live in a world that as humans we have numerous senses, um, and we interact with the world every single day. So if I was to walk out of this room now and there's a door behind me there, if I were to walk out and then shut the door behind me and there was no noise that followed it, I'm likely to look back because I assume I've not shut the door. If the door had shut, it'd be weird that there was no noise because I have an expectation to be a noise. I've got a glass on my desk now. If I was to drop the glass, there's a point in time where it just hits the floor where I know it'll make a noise. So Humans expect that. You know, if you've got a high quality kitchen and you shut the drawer, if you've paid a bit extra, it'll hit the cushion and then slowly shut rather than smash into um, the wood. So 
the idea being movement and sound is all around us every single day and we witness it and there's an expectation on a human as to how that actually works it's just playing the same rules with any graphical devices so instead of commissioning a, an animation and maybe you've got the right colors and you've got the right type and maybe you've got the right illustration style and you've you've put a bit of a sequence together but if the music over the top is just bought for 50 pounds online and thrown over the top of it there's not that connectivity and harmony between the two so when a beat happens in the music you're expecting some graphical content to kind of make the same visual execution and if it doesn't it feels odd now most people might not notice it but what they do notice is the brilliant video content that actually is stitched together just like sound effects in a movie you know they make up sound effects when they need something to happen in a completely different studio and apply it over the top of the film because there's an expectation that noise should happen and it's just it's just not looked into as much as it should be in the branding world i feel like it's sort of like if it doesn't match up, it almost stands out to you more than if it does. If it does, it's just a smooth, seamless, yeah. expected experience. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news... All right, I'll do. It. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Um, now, one thing I know you wanted to talk about also is color now color is something that i care very much about um as a brand <laughs> you can guess which color in particular um but i'd love to to hear more from you about color and how color also is part of that overall impression and sort of almost creates a set of expectations based on our visceral reaction to it so yeah there's i mean there's there's studies out there um where it'll say over 90 percent of of brands on the planet and are recognized by color alone that that is what we we recall a product by so if we think about a, a brand that both audiences here will know global audiences will know like mcdonald's for example there's, there's colors that spring to mind right away would be red and yellow so we instantly recognize things we become comfortable with those colors now we don't walk down any street or avenue with our brain openly telling us to look for red and yellow but it is doing that job. You just don't realize it's telling you that. And so we determine a lot of our decision making based on color. And we recognize brands either from a distance down an avenue or a street um, or in a supermarket. We can spot it from a distance and we can pick up the product that we expect it to be. So color drives a load of decision making. Um, it's why the most successful brands on the planet have a really concise and tonic color palette. But the thing we're talking about at the moment in the modern digital branding world is We've been still looking at old rules. You know, we, we still try and 
say, oh, what's the Pantone color? And what's the CMYK color? And if your brand is predominantly online and has rarely, rarely any printed assets, there's an argument to say you should be looking at RGB colors first and deciding what colors do we actually want to display on screen? Because there's an extra vibrancy to RGB compared to CMYK anyway. And ultimately, they're never going to match. Your RGB color on screen will never match your printed color anyway. It's two different approaches entirely. And they're on two completely different formats. So what you're looking for is consistency in the fact that if your brand is red, it is red in both areas. But the red on your screen shouldn't be held back because you've made an old school decision by deciding that your printed assets and CMYK and Pantone colors are the thing that drive decision-making. Um, RGB is probably seen in most people's brands more than any other format of color. So we're trying to push our clients and, and, and new clients that we're working with to say, look, RGB has real, really good qualities to it. And if you want, a, you know, and it's not appropriate for everyone, but if you want a, a really vibrant, vivid color palette because it's going to suit your audience, RGB is going to give you that. So let it let it do its thing in its own space and celebrate it as much as possible and then start to look at how's it going to work in print. Now, are the colors that you would perhaps choose for a brand different based on the fact that we're all online and on screens predominantly? Are the palettes that you're tending to use with brands shifting at all to account for that added vibrancy? I think um, there's been a shift long term anyway. Um, you know, if you think of like financial institutions, going about 20, 30 years, everyone would pick navy, burgundy, emerald green, because um, it kind of suggested that this was a company that, you know, was secure, professional, um, maybe had a history to it. And uh, I'm assuming it's the same in, in the US as it is here. All of those financial institutions have moved on massively. They're, 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 a, they're a digital Brand, you know, I, I move my money around through an app and that's it. I don't go into a bank. So all of their color palettes have brightened and brightened and brightened over the years. They still, they still look like a professional organization because they deliver complete consistency in the way they deliver the brand. But there's a lot more modern brands now that are actually thinking, well, wait, and we can start in the modern world. We can make modern decisions. We can make decisions around RGB, movement and sound, and we can hit a market harder because the bigger organizations that are still there are delivering it in the same way. So there's an opportunity to do it. And also, like any brand, you know, you try and sometimes pick a different color to competitors. This gives you an opportunity to, if it's right for your brand and it matches your values, to pick something that is more distinct and is actually breaking down a market. It's actually creating a point of difference in a digital space. And in all the comms that we get every day, this is an opportunity to kind of wave, shout, say, hello, we exist and catch people's attention in the first instance. Do you tend to ask brands sort of, when you're working with a company, do you tend to ask them, you know, what appeals to them? Do you go, where do you kind of start? Do you start with what appeals to them? Do you start with brand values? Do you start with looking at the competitive landscape? Um, especially when it comes to those less obvious things, um, like tempo, and, and things of that nature. Where do, where do you really start from what you want to blend into or what you want to stand out from? So you mentioned values there that the most important thing to us working with any client is that they have the words behind the brand correct in the first place. So that might be the brand purpose as to why they exist as a company, uh, brand values as to how do you want to behave and live in this world. 
Um, they need to be established. So that, that's something we always fight for as, as part of the journey that we go on. If a company doesn't have them, we're of a view that they have to have them because how can we make any design decisions if we don't know what you want to stand for? That's first and foremost. The words behind the brand have got to be in place. And if they're not in place, we can help a company to get them in place. Once that's been established, it's no longer the opinion of the owner or the founder. It's a shared opinion that this is us. This is what we stand for. This is what we believe in. And then you can use those values to say, right, okay, well, you've said you want to be friendly and approachable as a brand, let's say. Well, certain colors will give you that over other colors. So it's already narrowing the choice. And you can start to give good reason as to why maybe you've picked yellow or orange or other colors like that to suggest that we're trying to be more friendly. Same with typefaces. You could have a really nice handwritten font, <clears throat> which suggests that we might be more friendly and approachable. And also the way we say the words. So we say, welcome to Dawn Creative. Or we say, hey there, it's Dawn. They're two very different ways of saying the same thing. One feels more friendly and approachable. It all comes, it's all, all decision making is driven by the values and the words behind the business. And then it becomes intelligent design rather than just someone's opinion about the color they like. Absolutely. Now, I know the importance of brand consistency between different platforms, of course. You always want to read as and feel like the same brand. But there's so many different platforms for things nowadays. There's traditional print. There's still television and radio advertising. There's streaming. There's, of course, social media, which itself is very different. LinkedIn is very different from TikTok, for example. So how do you take into account where a given piece is going to be and where within the guidelines it may or may not shift accordingly so that, you know, the pace of the piece matches the pace of the platform. I, I'm i kind of getting a little lost in, in the words yeah. here, but I do you know uh, what I mean? Com completely. And, and I think this is where an education piece to say the old rules of branding have have gone in main you know a lot of modern brands don't just have one logo anymore because they're, they're not nike or apple yet they haven't quite got that single mark but they've got a well-established logo so you'll end up again through video and animation you can tell a story of this is our current logo it's probably a little bit long for the modern world because it doesn't fit in a twitter avatar but we may look like this in the future so at the end of a video you could animate the logo to kind of show that journey it means you can get to that end result like an Apple um, icon or a Nike tick quicker because the animation allows you to sell that journey. Now, when it comes to different platforms and maybe different audiences, I'm a big believer that if you've got set brand values, you can dial your values up and down as and where you want to. So if you know Virgin as a brand, Virgin historically has got lots of different companies uh, it predominantly shares the same brand values across all of its businesses. Those businesses vary from, you know, Virgin Atlantic flying over to the US and back as a premium flight compared to like broadband in the UK, which is a commodity to just to get your internet. In those two worlds, uh, Virgin have generally had a value of fun, but they can dial fun up in the broadband world and, ha and make more of a joke of things. Whereas in Virgin Atlantic, where you're paying a lot of money to fly, you might not have fun as such, but Richard Branson decides to put a walk-up bar rather than another 16 seats. That in itself suggests fun because I can get out of my seat and have a chat and speak to a stranger. So 
being very true to your brand, it all comes from your values and you can dial them up and down depending on your audience. So you can shape it on different platforms as and where you need to. Your consistency comes from, you know, your color, your typography, your kind of your pace, your tone of voice, all of those things keep a consistent amount of identity. And then you can just kind of dial it up or dial it down a little bit, depending on who you're talking to. You can be the same animal in different habitats. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> there you go. There you go. Now, now, final question here. What are some of the more fun ways for you to bring sound and motion and all of that to a brand? What types of content like that are you most, are you having the most fun with creating nowadays? I guess it's across the, the, the board, really, you know, because I, could, I couldn't pick out one thing to say, oh, I'm having more fun in face of TikTok or something similar, you know, because we, we're about consistency. We're trying to get a consistent message across so the sound is recognizable. So if you know um, of, of Skype when it first came out, the sound portfolio of Skype was so recognizable that if someone else in the office was using it and they had their speakers on, you knew that it was Skype without even seeing it. And, and, and that's how important, you know, sound is. So the fun element, you know, can come from anywhere. You know, you can have fun doing sound for an insurance company as much as you can do for a high-end fashion brand. I think the fun comes from us understanding that we're delivering it in a consistent way, which sounds kind of boring. But that's, that's what makes us happy in the way that it's being delivered you know, consistently throughout everything we do. It's not just a, an afterthought. You know, if we think of sound from a music perspective, if I were to play a song from X amount of years ago, it instantly takes you back to exactly what you were doing at that time. And that's what we're trying to celebrate here is that all brands on the planet, however big or small, have an opportunity to elevate the brand online and movement and sound can definitely do that. We've all been sat watching TV since 1930, stuck you know, in the corner of the room. So it, it touches into our emotions and uh, our senses. Um, and so have, have fun with it and push the boundaries of it See where you can take your brand. Just because you're in a sector that might be historically a little bit dull doesn't mean you have to stay like that. Absolutely. And I, of course, as as people who follow me know, encourage everyone to make their own animated GIFs because why yeah. the heck not? <laughs> you know, it's recognizable and it provides a huge punch of brand. <laughs> um, all right, David, thank you so much. This has been great. Please tell everyone at home where they can find you, why they should find you, and what they'll find there. Well, you can find us in um, the UK, as you said at the start of the show. Um, we reside in uh, Manchester, uh, which hopefully uh, people uh, recognise. If not, come on over. We'll buy, we'll buy you a drink. Um, you can find our work um, on dawncreative.co.uk. And yeah, ultimately, if you want to you know, develop a new brand, or you've got an existing brand and you feel maybe it's a little bit lost in places or needs reinventing, um, then, you know, it's what I've studied for 25 years. It's what the agency is all about. Um, we can great advice um, over video calls or initial workshops and get you back on track to where, you know, your business should be um, and celebrate your brand as much as you possibly can. You know, we live in a very competitive landscape and branding should be about creating a point of difference for the right reasons, just for the sake of it. But we should be trying to create uniqueness out there um, and that we get an audience that buys into it. Not everyone should love your brand. That's not the point. 
Um, you need to pick the right audience to appeal to um, and then make sure you never break your promise. Um, and we can help people with that. Absolutely. And rock out your brand in all dimensions. I'm, I'm kind of wondering about the next frontier of this. What does your brand smell like? Which is already a thing. There are there yeah, are environmental scenting experts. And, and what does your brand taste like? Hmm. It's exactly. Well, you know, depending on your brand, you can take it that far. Singapore Airlines have done the smell. Hollister do it in the, the retail spaces. Yes, they do. And, um, you know. <laughs> Restaurants obviously can take it further with um, certain types of tastes and stuff like that, or signature dishes that they do. So there's opportunities everywhere. You know, you you have um, you know Disney parks. Each ride is completely themed. The language on the signs will be themed. You know, when whether that's the exit and entrance, it won't say exit and entrance on every ride. It'll say something different to match the brand for that ride. And it's just considering every single component, whether it's an automated email or just a an average social post um you should be thinking how do i upgrade that how do i make that more as how do i make it more interesting kind of make someone smile or think about something differently i love that and oh my goodness you mentioned disney i went to to disney world last year um and i'd been before but not as a branding professional and so it was just a master class just everything oh so beautifully done well thank you so much david for being here today it's been great to have you Thanks a lot for your your time and uh, letting us join you on your show. It's been brilliant. Thanks. And thank you for your time as well, whether you've joined us here on the Adweek Podcast Network or if you're checking out the video podcast on YouTube. I will be back next week interviewing another very smart guest expert about another element of branding. See you then. Bye. Thanks for listening to Let's Talk About Brand, part of the Adweek Podcast Network and Acast Creator Network. This podcast was produced by Christine Gritman, executive produced by Al Manorino and John Heil, and edited by Christine Gritman. You can listen and subscribe to all of Adweek's podcasts by visiting adweek.com slash podcasts. Stay updated on all things Adweek Podcast Network by following us on Twitter at Adweek Podcasts. And if you have a question or suggestion for the show, send us an email at podcast at adweek.com.